You are about to hear a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available. Confronting, and I do it not because I'm angry or 
But more importantly, not because God is angry with us. He's still in the healing and rescue business. And we need rescue because our brains look horrible. And God didn't send me here to condemn you. Do you hear my heart this morning? No one has caused these problems on purpose. If they did, that would be a different kettle of fish. But we did not cause this on purpose. We just fell into this demonic technology, myself included, because the first degree that I have is computer science. So it's not like I don't know what this stuff is. All right. Have a look at this, and then we'll pick it up. We'll take it. The Mage family from Four Ways Johannesburg was excited when the little ones got tablets from their grandparents for Christmas. But things soon seemed to get out of hand. Tabitha realized her son struggled to set boundaries around his digital playtime. It started to become a fight. So Tyler would start playing on the tablet, and to get him off the tablet was a concern for me. The long-term effects are a huge concern. The family had previously decided to do away with their TV because they saw the addictive effect it had on their children. Once again, that whole addiction with children watching TV constantly, being glued to the TV, not getting their attention. Tabitha and her husband rely on screens and social media to make a living, but they've become aware that screens hold the potential to harm their children. And as countercultural as their stance might seem, they're not alone in kicking back. One man has made it his life's mission to bring to light the destructive side of screens. I just released Digital Cocaine uh, about five days ago. Been working on this book for a couple of years, and its subtitle is A Journey Toward Eye Balance. With degrees in computer science and theology, Brad Huddleston travels the world to research the science behind screen addiction and help people. Just three years ago, we were totally unaware of the things that were going on. So when this tsunami technology swept over us, particularly in 2007 when the first iPhone was released, we had no idea that these unintended consequences would develop. This is Brad's desk at home. He shows it to audiences to explain that he actually values and uses technology. But it has burnt him. It counsels children and adults and helps law enforcement grasp what science is starting to show. Now, you're equating digital addiction to uh, cocaine use. Isn't that uh, melodramatic? The neuroscience compares it to cocaine. And they're the ones that are studying the chemicals in the brain and the brain scans, and they can show where things light up with certain activities. And so when you look at uh, a, a person who's addicted to pornography, for example, the same areas in their brain of anticipation and addiction light up as a cocaine and heroin addict. Brad says all that distinguishes South Africa from the world is that we're slightly behind the curve in rolling out individual screens at school. Brad takes his audiences on a journey into the published literature on neuroscience and into the brain itself. The nucleus accumbens is where a chemical called dopamine induces pleasure. All right, let's pick it up from there. This area of the brain is where when I played the hillbilly call, uh, emergency call from Hillbilly Country, I knew that I had successfully created a neurobiological change in our collective brains because I heard some of you at varying degrees laughing. So there's a couple of ways to stimulate the brain in terms of laughter, as many ways actually. One, I could tickle you physically, you tickle a child, and they have dopamine that goes into the brain, and they laugh. You could put heroin in a vein, and you'll have an opiate effect, and it will calm you and make you feel euphoric. That's where it happens. You could drink alcohol, and 
dopamine gets released, it's not the alcohol that you're feeling, it's your neurotransmitter to have the chemical dopamine that you're feeling. So the stimulation got into the brain through the mouth. In the case of cocaine, you pick up the nose. Goes into the sinus cavities right near the eyes. It's very bloody in there. And that is a stimulant. It's like pressing the accelerator in your car, and that's where the petrol goes in. Petrol being, in this metaphor, dopamine. Am I making sense to you? You say hi. Now, what I just did to you, I used two parts of your brain to stimulate to get the data in or the stimulant in, and that is through your eyes. And your eyes, my eyes are connected directly to the occipital lobe, and the other area that I use is your temporal lobe right next to your ears. And when I did that, um, we had two different reactions chemically. But let me say this before we keep going. God is not upset that we have stuff. Now, the drugs, of course, he's upset, right? Pornography doesn't want that. Some stimulants are off limits completely. But I have a tablet that I'm using. I have a computer science degree of which I have not renounced since I started studying neuroscience because it's permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And here God goes on to draw a clear line in the sand. He says, don't cross this line. He says, once you become a slave to it, you can't have it. Once it masters you, and with neuroscience, we know exactly where that line of addiction is. So what is happening in the brain when we do this? Well, we stimulate the brain, as I just mentioned, in a number of ways. The mouth's on the accelerator. The chemical dopamine or the petrol goes in. It lights up on a brain scan, and that says that that person's been stimulated, and that's all fine and good until that little wall starts to appear. That little wall is called resistances, tolerances. My father was an alcoholic, and he would drink two beers after work to decompress. He was a very hard-working, functioning alcoholic, but he didn't start off being an alcoholic. He started off drinking two beers, and it wasn't the alcohol he was feeling. The alcohol was the stimulant that was causing dopamine to be released, and it made him feel calm after a stressful day. The problem is, after a couple of years, he could not feel two beers, and so he would have to drink three. Now he could feel it. Now he wasn't getting any more drunk by drinking more. It's just that his body... His brain had begun to build up resistance, and in order for him to keep feeling it, he had to do more. And then by the time he passed away, he was drinking 12 a day. The symptoms of my father, his liver was trashed, and he would jaundice and turn yellow. But it, he, wasn't, he would drink 12, but he wasn't getting any more drunk. He had to drink that much just to keep feeling because his body was getting used to it. Am I making sense to you? Here is what we've learned in the last six to seven years with neuroscience. The very same process happens with our screens and television, and it doesn't matter what the content is. In other words, if you say to me, I only allow my child to use technology for educational purposes, Mathletics, for example, which is one of the most popular math education games, is creating the exact same effects as, let's say, Fortnite or Minecraft. Does it matter what the brain is not filtering out for us content and saying, okay, I'll give you a pass because you have to do this for work or kids have to get to school. The brain is not making an exception. Am I making sense to you? How would you like to have my job and have to tell people this stuff in this current climate of what's going on? Now, do you think I would go on television shows like Carte Blanche and ABC and make these claims knowing they're going to check everything I say? 
And if I'm hyping or lying to you, they would trash my career and fan like they should. And I have to be interviewed by these video game addicted 35 year olds knowing they don't like what I'm saying. Because that's the average age of a video game in Australia is 34 and it's 35 in my country. This is not a child's problem, this is a dad problem. And you know what? I'm not afraid of your anger when I say that. I'm not afraid of you. No, I don't want to fight necessarily. I'm just saying I love you more than I'm worried about your anger. I'm more concerned about your marriage than you are. Because God is. And he sent me here to confront with conviction because you need it. And you're not the exception and neither am I. We don't have much time left on earth. Can somebody say amen? And we need to get this thing fixed in a hurry. And God is saying, you know what? I won't condemn you. I'll treat you as though you never did this. If you'll just believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of my son, fall into my arms of grace, and I will fix this with you. Now, that's the message today. Do you hear me? It's not one of saying, let's lament and wallow in our guilt. We're all guilty. Katie, you, you saw my best. Man, I was messed up, and for the most part, I'm better now. <laughs> so what happens is the wall grows of tolerance, and then eventually the wall gets so big it sucks out all the dopamine, and we're left, the color leaves, and we're left with numbness. Let me show you something that's disturbing and encouraging all at the same time. This is a neuroscience project on Minecraft. It's neuroscientists on the left. We've got millions and millions of kids around the world whose brains are absolutely trashed from Minecraft that the parents have brought into the lie that Mojang created, our marketing department, that says it's educational. Now, the truth of the matter is they baked into this slot machine technology that is called the variable ratio reward algorithm. Any coders here, any computer scientists here? You know how to, you ever heard of a company called Dopamine Labs? What you do is you, you, you develop an app, you develop a game, and you take it to a company such as Dopamine Labs, and neuroscientists will test the efficacy of your coding to see how they can tweak it to maximize the dopamine output of your app. Now, you can Google me, and you'll find out I'm not exaggerating. This is not an Internet rumor. This is just how Silicon Valley works. And so they baked in slot machine technology, labeled it education, and now they've got children all over the world addicted to slot machine activity. But instead of it being the handle that you pull this way and all the coins dropping and all the ding, ding, dings, it's a pickaxe with little ores and diamonds coming up in the floor. But it's doing the exact same thing. So this neuroscientist wanted to know what their brains look like. He created a little kid named Noah who's extremely addicted, and he's a triplet. So because their brains are almost identical, he wanted to get a baseline because the brother and sister's brains are not addicted to it. So they want to compare his and then detox the child to see if his brain could be healed. So you're going to see what happens, as we all do, when you try to take a game or a tablet or a screen away from a child. It's the first symptom of literal chemical addiction. did not start off with that kind of an attitude and personality and attention deficit, numbness, 
see when the wall gets really big, what, what is happening to him is become emotionally numb, which means you would think the game is stimulating him, but it's actually shutting it down because it's too much stimulation. And unless he has a tablet, he suffers severe anxiety disorders of all sorts, and the only way to soothe it and to calm it is to flood the nucleus accumbens of the brain with, guess what? Dopamine. That's the only time he's calm. Manageable. The moment you take it away, he has what is called a withdrawal. These are drug terms because it's literally a chemical drug to him. Am I making sense to you? Let me take your temperature. Do you still love me? Because at this point, I have to start cracking jokes. Someone famous said, make them laugh or they will kill you. Now remember, I didn't come here to condemn you with this. But let me show you the results. Those brains are normal. That one is horribly unbalanced. You know the top three words that scare me when it comes to addiction, digital addiction? Limit, balance, and neutral. There is no balance with drug addiction. If I were to walk up to a coke addict and say, you know what, you really should stop doing lines of coke. Now they may not quit, but you know what, they would agree with me. I would tell my dad, you should quit drinking. He would agree, he just wouldn't quit. But the moment I tell a 34-year-old gamer, you should quit. Anger. And then they start throwing out words about it's all about balance, it's all about limiting, and technology's neutral. You, you know these things that people say. But it's the same exact addiction. Noah has gotten addicted to Minecraft. That color has left because there's a dopaminergic wall that's gotten used to all that dopamine, and it's shutting it out, trying to defend itself, so there's no color. It's called atrophy. Am I making sense to you? So it's left this child this way. ADHD? up 800%. Check it out. And that's in 30 years. That's how old the internet is. <clears throat> You're looking at me like, who brought him in here? He did. <laughs> Listen to me. Do you hear me when I tell you I love you and this is repairable? Do you hear what I'm saying? This is repairable, brothers and sisters. I want to show you. So, so, so what do they do? It wasn't years of psychotherapy and different drugs. In America, we have this thing called summer camp. So they took this evil little creature and they took Oh, shut up. It's funny, I just crack these jokes when people have infants and I talk about tasers and everybody gets upset. But when they become a teenager, they go, do you still have that taser? <laughs> oh, I love these kids too, including the Muslim kid. I do. Just sometimes you want to smack them and hug them all at the same time. That's how it works with kids, right? Now, thank you. So they took the game away from him, sent him off to summer camp, and they abused him. They only let him hike, swim, play tennis, canoe, and that's all they let him do. Terrible thing. And after 21 days, they brought this child back into the lab. They put him back in the MRI. They rescanned his brain. And this, brothers and sisters, is one of the two reasons I came here to talk to you today. This is what happened to him. Now, somebody give God a big clap for that. The 
problem is 98.2% of you believe your child is the exception to everything I've been saying. You'll still let them play video games when we leave here today for two reasons. One, you think that kid is the exception, or number two, you are afraid of that child's anger, and you don't want to confront the child because you are a friend to that child instead of a parent to that child. Now, parents, quit talking to your kids right now. Look at me. <laughs> I was speaking at my hometown in hillbilly country where they really let it all hang out, right? Neighbors, crazy, fun. You should come visit. And I'm in this big, fancy hotel in this conference room. And during the Q&A, this mom, teenage kid sitting there, and this tells you how long I've been talking about this. She raises her hand and says, can, can an iPad be connected to the Internet? I mean, an iPod, an iPod. That's how far back this stuff goes. And I looked at her and said, yes, ma'am, it can. And she looked at her son, and she just said, what, you lied to me? <laughs> right in the middle of the meeting. And how do you diffuse it? I'm like, well, hit him. <laughs> just beat him right here. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, this is huge. And this is why God sent me here. Not to help you wallow in all of us falling in the midst of this craziness, but to tell you God wants to revive you and your family and your kids. Because that is spiritual death as well. It is. That child is not interested in our God. That child has more affection to Marvel heroes and Star Wars heroes than that child does Jesus. And that child, there's millions of them in our churches, and they couldn't give any care whatsoever to our God because emotionally they're attached to Marvel because Marvel stimulates more than our Sunday school and children's church stories do. And the reason is because they've got a wall blocking out the proper amount of dopamine that Jesus will cause the brain to emit, which is that much, but if they're not receiving this much dopamine, they're not stimulated, and by definition, the lack of stimulation means they're bored. Am I making sense to you? And so what has happened to this child, they took all of the hyper-stimulation away from him. Lo and behold, this child can enjoy tennis now, and he's not bored with it. Three weeks. Three weeks. running short of time. Um, for those of you that may be more interested, um, the final week of this month, I spoke at a church in, in Boomberg last year, and they called me and said, well, how much time would you need to get through all of your slides and notes and all of your booking information? I said, oh, three days. And they said, done. Do you need anything else? <laughs> Pretty cool, right? So we're doing a conference on it. I don't know how many will show up, but we're going to be, I'm going to be there. All right. I need to show you a couple other things, and then we'll be finished. I want to lighten it up just a little bit, and I want to show you what one of the very subtle things is is harming us spiritually, cognitively with the children, studying and so forth. Ladies, can you do this better than the men? You know how this works. Three children going through the house, rummaging, pillaging, and burning. Mom can juggle all of that. And where's dad? He's on the couch. Because 
if dad had to manage all of that, the children would pretty much die. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when the child sits down to do their assignments and they put the earphones in listening to music and they've got their phone, got the television going, you get the idea. And in that atmosphere, the child says, I can learn. Same thing with you at the desk at work. You've got all these screens going and you've got the boss pinging you all the time and all this sort of stuff, multitasking. It was once believed that it probably started, probably could just go up. Now we know that that is a myth. Our brains can only do one thing at a time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to multitask, but I want to do two things. Very simple. I'm going to put a written poem on the screen, and I want you to read it. And at the same time, I'm going to play a second and different poem being read audibly. And I would like you to pay attention to both. And then at the conclusion of this very brief poem, both of them, I'm going to give you a cognitive test to see how well your brain receives two or more streams of data simultaneously. Everyone ready? It's funny how we, we the, the adults are sitting there going, yeah. The kids are going, Certificates of participation ready for you boys when you fail miserably. Okay. Ready? Here we go. The watchdogs rest in their holes. On the beach below, my friend is waiting out into the oncoming tide. He stops. He turns a blue bucket around at his waist as he sticks out ears for Australia's view. Okay, who participated? Raise your hand. How many of you got two seconds into and said, no, nah, this is not going to happen? How many of you said, forget it, I'll just pick one and do the best I can in this stupid test? Okay, you picked one. How many of you picked, picked the written one? Lazy. Now, how many of you after about six seconds, after actually doing it the proper way of picking just one, because that's what your brain wants to do, you thought to yourself, you know, whoever's reading that one out loud, I wish they would shut up on so much concentration. I'm not a magician. I just know how the brain works. Here's the test. I don't want you to quote both poems, as brief as they are. Who in here can quote just the first line of each poem? That's it. Just the, come on, Junior. <laughs> Anybody? You know why no one's ever gotten it? You want to give it a go? Um, Sunday. <laughs> give him a big clap. The brain can only receive one stream of data simultaneously, and if you try to do two, your brain will lock in on one, but it can't receive anything from the other, and then you switch. In my world, we call it switch tasking, not multitasking. And when you switch, now it can't receive anything else, but then you give up. And your brain is confused. That's why the data can't get in. And then even though you're choosing one, you got a distraction, which is even what remaining data could possibly get in, and everybody fails, and that's why the grades in one-to-one -one laptop and tablet schools around the world are going down and not up. That's why when we sit down to have our devotions in the morning, if we're using our phone or tablet, we're jumping, and nothing's getting in, and our attention has become so shortened that God can't keep our attention long enough to speak to us. Well, that means that means there's conviction, but let it have its work. Look, I didn't come to condemn you. Do you hear me? God is saying, fall into my arms, embrace today, and let's just work together as a community and fix it because you're under grace. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. 
didn't come here to condemn, but we do have work to do. Agree? And look, you are not the exception. Say amen. Your children are not the exception. Amen. We've got to get together and fix this. All right. Last thing. And I always end with this. Do you still love me? Sure, the children can at all, right? <laughs> um, this is the heart of the problem. Our schools look like this, our homes look like this, our churches look like this. And listen, I'm not being funny when I tell you that is a picture of deep, 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 deep abiding intimacy. I mean, People still laughing in here. And I'm not sure why. They think that's funny. You're laughing at the inappropriate time. You need a revelation. I'm serious. You see, their hearts have been given. I mean, their hearts, everything within them is is been turned completely over to that. Completely. They have oxytocin. Bonding. Chemical, too. But it's spiritual. Make no mistake about it. And there's not a moment that they're not available. Not a moment. 24-7. Not a moment. And this is what Jesus is simply asking me to do through all this research and travel and living in perpetual jet lag and all this stuff is simply to tell his people this. Tell my people that I wish they felt that way about me. I wish they would stare in my face all the time. I wish they would just pray without ceasing instead of screaming without ceasing. I wish they would give their hearts to me like, just like that. I wish I were beside them in the bedroom all night so that when they wake up, they respect me. You say, I have regrets too. Is that big death? And you know what the regret is? Once I finally got the color back in my brain and the wall down, I discovered I had the gift of writing books. It was there all the time, but it was masked. God could not bring it out of me because I had no color in my brain. And I'm thinking, man, what if I would have discovered that sooner? You ever have regrets like that? I wish I knew now what I know. You know, know. your children and you both, there is stuff in there that God has put in there that the only thing they will ever know at the age of 35 is how to hurry up from everything they're doing so they can zoom. This is God's heart I'm feeling. And it's not that he's angry. He's saying, I have stuff for you. Life abundantly. And you've got idols. You've got addictions. And time is running out. Let's pray. Would you stand? I'm just going to put some music up here. And what I want us to do...
in the remaining five minutes that we have, because I don't have a lot of time, can I just ask you a favor? Who loves Jesus? Raise your hand. Would you just humble, can we all humble ourselves? And I'm here first. Can we just come and just come up here and let me just pray for you? Would that be all right? Humble ourselves. Take a step toward God. I don't want to arm twist. I'm just going to twist it off. Just come. <laughs> because I haven't asked God to anoint us this morning for miracles. Let, let me show you this quickly the spiritual warfare that goes on in our homes and with me. I'm at the university doing research. I have to drive two hours, and in Africa can be extremely dangerous. A lot of these places I go to is very dangerous. But look, this is what the enemy is trying to take me out. He's trying to take you out. He's trying to take your kids out. I'm driving along, and all of a sudden I drive into a riot. Okay? And I happened, it wasn't even happened, anything. I got stuck with burning tires, rocks in the road, and all this sort of stuff. They're turning stuff over and burning everything. And I happened to find a police officer in the midst of this chaos. I ran up to him and I said, sir, can you please direct us out of here? And he heard my accent. He said, where are you from? What are you doing here? And I said, I'm a minister, but I'm also working with the university. He goes, well, I'm so glad to have a brother here. He was scared. So was I. I said, may I pray for you? And he said, please. And I prayed for him, and the Holy Spirit hit us. And then he prayed for me, and the Holy Spirit hit me. But I was scared, too, and this is what was going on. Now, they're escorting us out of there, but I want to show you something. See, the enemy's trying to take me out because he doesn't want me to come here and see the color come back in your brain and your kid's brain. So he's trying to constantly take me out. Greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. He's trying to take your kids out. He's trying to take you out. Constantly trying to take us out. We got stuck in another riot as they're escorting us out. When I looked down, I had just about a quarter tank of petrol, and I could not go to the petrol station or they would kill me. So we prayed in the Holy Spirit hard. God showed up, and when I looked down, the petrol gauge went up to nearly half a tank on its own. God will do these things for you. God loves you. Despite what you've done, despite the color leaving your brain, despite getting using the stuff as bathing suits, God is saying, if you'll turn around and walk in a different direction, I'll put petrol back in your tank. I'll cause the color to come back. Do you love him? Would you just lift your hands? Would you pray for me? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, my prayer always is, please, Lord, do not let my family here fall under condemnation and a spirit of fear. Please. That's not why I came. That's not why you sent me. Father, would you please, in the mighty name of Jesus, bring a peace despite guilt, a spirit of repentance instead of rebellion. Lord, would you bring encouragement? Hope and less conviction, but more condemnation. 
Lord, let a peace right now. I have unloaded quite a bit in a very short period of time. Lord, I pray right now you will etch into these minds color coming back into the brain because of the grace of God, the healing that is available through the precious blood of the Lamb. Despite the mistakes that we've made, the sins we've committed, Holy Spirit of God, would you breathe right now? Just breathe. Breathe. And Lord, let these tears that are flowing here, what we sow in tears, let my family reap in joy right now with hope that this can be fixed and repaired. That's the point of this message. I'm going to say a few things to you while the Spirit of God is here, and this is what you have to do. You're going to have to go home, parents, and apologize to your children, not just jerk everything out of the bedroom yet. And you're going to apologize for those of you who are addicted. Most of us are, to tell the truth. And you're going to say, I'm sorry. I haven't been a good role model to you. I'm addicted and you're addicted. And you're going to say, I have another apology to make, and that is, I am your parent, not your friend. And it's up to me to fix this mess. And this is not going to be pleasant for about three to four weeks. But I'm going to be gentle with you going to be gentle with me. I'm going to take your feedback, but I'm your parent. At the end of the day, my word is final because God is the Lord of this home, and as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord now. And with his help and with the help of the community of faith, we're going to get together and walk together, figure this thing out together, lean on each other, pray for each other because this is demonic. But greater is he who is in us than he that is in this world. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we receive these promises today. And God's people said amen. Now let's give Jesus a big hand clap. You have just listened to a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available.